This is a HeadGum Podcast. Hey, Nadpoles. Caldwell here to talk to you about Hero Forge, the best place to get fully customizable tabletop miniatures with dozens of fantasy species and thousands of parts to choose from. I actually just built a version of my Underdark Gnome Illusion Wizard, Kraslo, for use in a home game my friend has been running, and it was incredibly fun getting to scroll through all the options and details to bring this mage-handed menace to life. Their easy-to-use design tools let you build your perfect miniature online using a fully 3D, in-depth character creator right in your browser. Oh, and before you ask, yes, Hero Forge has goggles, and yes, Kraslo is wearing them. So if you've been thinking about splurging on a miniature for your D&D campaign, wait no longer, because May 2nd to May 9th, Hero Forge is having a spring sale. You can get 10% off all physical miniatures and free shipping, including international shipping on all orders. The figures are tiny, but the savings are huge. To take advantage of this great offer, visit HeroForge.com to start designing your custom miniature today and check back often because new content is added every week. Ooh, good to know. Kraslo just got a hat of vermin in the campaign, and I really want to find an annoying top hat for him to wear to represent that. In the meantime, that's it for me. Thanks for listening, and happy forging. Welcome to the campaign after the campaign. This is not another D&D podcast. Welcome to Elderborn, everyone. Elderborn. Elderborn. What is this? Elderborn. Elderborn to y'all. Elderborn to everyone. Uh, I can't even say welcome back because we have not been there yet and we will not be quite going there today, but we'll be doing sort of a flyby. Ooh. Uh, Or reviewing some vintage postcards from it. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to get in super late, so we're going to have to stay at the airport hotel, unfortunately. (laughs) Mm. Just like my dad. My dad would be proud. (laughs) Your dad does love a day before the flight stay at the airport hotel instead of hanging out with us. Oh, that's nice. You get get that hot breakfast before you go. I love it. It's a power move. Cut costs wherever he can. Uh, Cool, guys. (laughs) So um, I will give uh, everybody a little bit of a world overview first and then we can yes. chat a little bit about the characters soaring over Eldermorn. i'm that's... strapping myself in Ooh. <laughs> that's right oh i hope it's just like that soaring ride at disney where we get smells yes i'm are gonna i'm gonna weigh in and ask what the smells are for, for each description <laughs> just fyi and i'm hoping to get sprayed with just a little bit of water all right <laughs> i will as, as a disney boy um we will have to dive into this bit really deep so i will be playing patrick warburton the whole time uh, as i introduce so I uh, introduce us as we get into Eldermorn. Um, I'm transported. Yeah, so we are we are transported. we're transported there. We, we are... should say that throughout the campaign. Whenever Murph has a really good description, we should all do like a little cream your jeans. I'm, trans- I'm transported. Oh. I'm transporting. I'm transporting. I'm transported. The show has been canceled and for good reason. I'm spirited away. Okay, okay, oh, everybody, God. everybody, calm down. You're at you're at Disney. Land, it's a pandemic, um, and uh, Patrick Warburton has just come on the little TV, and it's time to get on the ride for Soren over Eldermorn. Um, uh, so this is going to be a. We talked a little bit about this in the short rest, and we'll get obviously more into the story as we do, like episode one. Uh, but just to give you guys a little preview um, and talk a little bit looser about it, um, this is going to be a dark fairy tale setting. It's going to be a little bit. Victorian inspired, like gothic horror. It's going to pull from things, uh, especially in like the world building, from things like The Witcher and Bloodborne, but with like a more whimsical, fun take on it. Um, There's not going to be any like, no like Lovecraft, like fucking space bug bullshit. None of that stuff. There's no fucking (laughs) space bug. Wait, no star spawn? Hold on. No no star spawn? No star spawn. Don't commit to anything you're going to regret later. Don't commit to anything. Okay, everyone everyone wait in the comments. Should we leave space for star spawn? Can star spawn exist in this world? I say yes. Okay. You know what? No, I say star spawn. If it was just star spawn, that would be fine. One of the biggest, oh man, not to get too into it, but I, I really love the vibe of blood born but once it was just like 
again, we're really going to lean into this fucking Lovecraft shit. I'm just like, give me a goddamn <laughs> break. Get, get the psychic bugs out of here. I hate the goddamn psychic bugs. So this this is going to be uh, kind of like the Feywild Wild um, meets Shadowfell. It's going to be a lot more whimsical and fun so than good. Kind of some mm. of the things like uh, Witcher and Bloodborne. Mm. Uh, so like a lot a of full the like, palette of color. That's, that's right. That's colorful fun. soup on a plate. Yeah, a soup on a plate, but it's one of those soups where they decorate it with flowers. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. This is like a real hipster restaurant that still does really minimalist food. So it's still you're still getting it's just soup like on a plate. Solely a carrot soup, but with like five flowers. Exactly. On it. Oh. Um. So you're gonna see a lot of like. Uh, you're not gonna see anything. I'm gonna describe a lot of things, and hopefully you you'll see transport it in your mind. us though. Hey, yeah. don't talk about my imagination. <laughs> yeah, we'll be transported. I can see things. Um. So there's going to be a lot of like gothic architecture, like these big iron fences and cobblestone streets and gas lamps, sort of a creepy vibe. But then um, on the flip side, there's also magic sprites that fill the air, like tiny glowing wisps. Uh, they kind of mm. fill the air, kind of like stars or like fireflies or like nanorflies. Ooh. I was just going to say, can you catch them in a jar? <laughs> you can definitely catch them in a jar. They'd be I am not above having two characters who collect uh, <laughs> who collect glowing bugs in a jar. <laughs> FYI, if you Same. collect this is so this is kind of like the Fey Wild oh, and then like ancient fairy tales. Kind of like, yeah. So if you caught like a fairy in a bottle and kept it there, it's like you would just wake up in It'd the morning cool. and your son would be gone. Like it would just be like, <laughs> oh, yeah. oh no. Okay. I have angered I've angered the gods. So it's All like right. welcome to Eldermorn. Don't touch the bugs. Yeah, like what the Don't sign would say. The bugs. Don't touch the bugs. Um <laughs> but yeah, the the um the sprites that kind of float around, they they change depending on kind of the mood of the situation. They're usually like playful, mm. but their colors will change like at night or their color will change to like dark blue if they're like scared or they're worried or like things are creepy. Um Okay. Right. Yeah. So they're empathic. Yes. So they're very empathic. Ooh. They're very empathic. Um, That's beautiful. Wait, would they give you away if you were if you were trying to hide your emotions and there were sprites nearby? Would they give your feelings away, or they wouldn't express other people's? It wouldn't be like I'm pretending I'm okay, but really I'm sad, and then all the sprites around me turn blue. <laughs> they could. They could do that, um, but most likely they. <laughs> wouldn't because they're they're okay. kind of of the trickster so they're down with lying and stuff like <laughs> you know what i mean i guess maybe if you had caught them in a bottle earlier they yeah, might oh. try to blow up your spot like yeah that. that's that's like it that's a great they're way that the sprites like would that. fuck with you oh, is like that shit. type of thing but then also like the sprites could fuck with you in a way that's like oh, I followed them out to a secret grove and I danced with them all night. And then um, when I left the grove, it turns out 100 years had passed and um, my Got family's em. dead. So that's like <laughs> you know absolutely epic. Yeah. Savage prank. <laughs> so Everyone I, think, I know is gone. Yeah. <laughs> absolutely savage prank. Savage. I like this too because it's like it, there's a little creature that I've never been able to work and I've wanted to work into something. I've had it written on a piece of paper to try to work it into something forever, which are Will-O-Wisps. Oh, yeah. Uh, which are just a really cool. They're like not really a monster. They're like just kind of exactly what you're talking about. And I'm always like, oh, I love the idea of this, but I've never found a legitimate reason or way to work it into something. Yeah. Here we go. So I imagine them being kind of like wisps, except I, I feel like Will-O-The-Wisps are always bad. They always take they're, you. They're technically evil. Yeah. You know? So these, these, um, these aren't evil. I think like, if that would be a very extreme scenario. And I think that would only happen because they don't understand they're like they've got like a very childlike view of the world, so I think to mm -hmm. them it's just like let's go dance, and it's just like they don't know that you live a regular human life, and yeah. I don't know. I they think don't... we're gonna get along great. Like, yeah, <laughs> exactly. I see no problems. Yeah, yeah. Um, so then, so basically, on the one side, you've got um all this like fairy stuff and everything, all this very fun stuff. Um. And then on the other side, uh, you've got undead horrors that are plaguing mm -hmm. the world. Oh. Um, so mm -hmm. that's that's kind of the worst thing than getting pranked by fairies. Um, some of these undead horrors are things like simple zombies and kind of like skeletal monsters, things that were just brought back from the dead. But others have kind of more poetic fairy tale origins. 
maybe like there would be like a banshee who was like a murdered lover uh, and needs to get revenge or something. Um, Come then, party with ooh. us in the sprites. Okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. Who needs revenge when you can party for a hundred years? <laughs> Uh, so th- yeah, there's this whole there, there's ba- there's basically like separate classes of horrors where there's like very simple zombies that you can just like kind of defeat a zombie, but then there's also you know vengeful ghosts and things like that who mm. who might come up because of like broken promises or betrayals or things like that. You may need to like set things right to defeat some of these some of these horrors. Cool. As someone who loves just the feeling of spookiness, this is so delicious to me. It's yeah. definitely got spooky vibes. You're spoon feeding me spooky, and I'm appreciating it. Yeah, it smacks of vibe, and I'm here for it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just picturing like the wisps floating around and changing colors, and then you see those changing colors reflecting off of the like white ivory bones of a skeleton holding a sword, and like you're just getting so transfixed by the moment that you don't even notice that the skeleton has killed you. Yeah. Oh shit. Draw boy is ready to draw. <laughs> if anything, the, the sprites the sprites are definitely helpful for the, because they're not, I'll explain that in a sec, but they're on kind of the opposite side of these like undead horrors. So mm-hmm. if anything, the sprites are kind of a giveaway for that. If you're like in the woods and the sprites seem scared, that's bad. Oh, <laughs> you know what I right. mean? Oh. It's like, oh, oh no. Why it's why are you all blue, little sprite? This is great. It's like my air purifier, which changes colors depending on how bad the air quality is. So if the sprites change colors, I know. <laughs> no, there's, there's a fire in San Bernardino. <laughs> So these two sides, the kind of horror side and then the magical whimsical side come from two separate deities who are essentially feuding on the material plane. Uh, So let me explain kind of the pantheon just a little bit. Just get into it a little bit without getting too into the weeds. Just a a little taste. Let me taste your pantheon. (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) Taste my pantheon. Explicit podcast rating. You know what? Before that's true. We should we should edit in this warning. Warning: Any kids twelve and under should cur- for the next sentence Emily's about to say should be escorted from the room. Oh my god! We had to timestamp it. We've edited it out Emily so to make a clean pod a version of the podcast. Just Jake and Caldwell this episode. <laughs> um. So there are. Uh, essentially three gods, uh, which I think is the first time in NADPOD history we've ever had three gods, you know? Whoa. Whoa. First slim. Extremely, extremely unique to this and not at mm-hmm. all uh, like anything we've re- ever done before. As a former religion major, or not former, I, as a religion major, I'm very jealous of you guys getting to make pantheons. I hope someday I get to make my own pantheon and finally use my degree. I have to imagine that the party plane has a has a god up in there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, but that's so personal to Zach, I'd have to run it by him. I okay. want to just like, I want someone to give me a blank page to put my pantheon on. Truly, as <laughs> as I was um, putting together this pantheon and I was like running it by Emily being like, do you think this is cool? Do you think this is fun? And she's like, well, we did just do Trinivale with three gods. Are you cool with that? And I'm just like, I think... Three is just the best number for <laughs> things. <laughs> it's just the best. I think as long as we can acknowledge that I came up with the idea of three, of three gods. gods. Yes. <laughs> okay. So my first god is named Nadas, and I'm just kidding. <laughs> what? Uh, <laughs> it is completely. This is Trinidad. Oh my god. Um, oh no, he's gonna do it better. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> it took a hundred episodes to just blow up my spot entirely. Oh my I'd have to respect it. Uh, this was all a long game. Um, so basically there are th- uh, these three gods who are siblings of an ancient primordial race. Uh, they are the elder, uh, who's obviously the, the oldest, uh, mm-hmm. the reaper. Okay. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. No, the elder. Yeah. All right. Come try, on. Try to keep outside up. the box. Everybody the elder try, should be the middle child. Try to keep <laughs> up. Uh, there's the elder, the reaper, and the trickster. Um, uh, reaper is the middle child and trickster is the youngest. The elder is the one who created the world and its people, uh, and the elder uh, resides in reverie, uh, which is kind of like heaven. Um, cool. So the kind of idea oh. of this world, the the like ultimate kind of afterlife, is to get to go meet your makers, to go be in reverie with the elder, and to know kind of godliness and no peace. 
This is really satisfying to me because I come from a family of three and we really fall into those, uh, we really fall into the elder, the reaper and the uh, trickster. You're the reaper, right? I'm the reaper. No joke. This this was um, uh, inspired a little bit by something your mom said. What? Which is- Oh! Because the, the origin story of Emily is that- <laughs> After her parents had two kids, her mom was like, "This is a little too neat. We need like a little chaos. like a little like two kids, two parents is a little too neat. We need like a little something." She extra. didn't like the symmetry of it. She wanted to add a little chaos. <laughs> that wow. is truly what my mom said, which is actually, funny because people always like associate me with being chaotic. But my mom, before I even existed. Uh, wished a little chaos for the family. So, she got a lot of chaos, though. <laughs> so you've got so you've got the elder who kind of created everybody and is up in heaven, kind of waiting for everybody to get there. The reaper, who is uh, a figure that's kind of like a mixture of the Grim Reaper and Lady Justice. It's got like a, a cool scythe, um, but then also like a blindfold, like Justice is blind, and then scales. I really love that aesthetic. That's uh, so spooky. Metal. Very metal. Someone yeah. with a, like someone who's blindfolded and swinging a, like I'm playing Hades right now, and I can just picture this being a boss that I would have to fight. Yeah, and no, it would fully. be so hard. <laughs> and so the Reaper is in a l sort of limbo-like, like purgatory-like plane called Exodus and judges the dead and decides whether or not they're worthy to go to heaven. So after you die, you go to the Reaper, Reaper judges you, and either you go back up to heaven you get, or um, if you like failed, if if you didn't lead like a good enough life, then you go back down and you are reincarnated. Or worst case scenario, the Reaper is sometimes known to just cast souls off into his like limbo. Whoa, into, like, that's like abyss, if you're really fucked up. He can do that. He can absolutely do that. That seems Ugh. overpowered. <laughs> <laughs> the Reaper is definitely OP. Um, okay. And then wow. the Trickster resides on the material plane. She's like a a fey queen. Ooh. So the trickster, the trickster, very much like uh, you know Greek gods and stuff, comes down and uh, hangs out with humans, like in disguise and things like that. Um, uh, but mostly uh, is away in like one of her groves, and you kind of never know where she is. And uh, the elder is kind of off, is like this higher being that you hope to like ascend to meet one day. But the trickster and the reaper have a feud that very much affects the material plane. Because before the trickster, the world was very grim and plain, and it was very easy for the reaper to kind of judge souls because the world was very black and white. But when the trickster arrived on the material plane, she gave magic to the people, created the sprites and the fairies, and very much made it a more chaotic and lively place. So the Reaper very much hates the trickster and vice versa. The Reaper is the one sending these undead horrors to the material plane as punishment to humanity for harboring the trickster and for dabbling in magic. He's bringing, you know, kind of a plague on the world. Oh, shit. Does the Reaper want the trickster? The Reaper wants the trickster gone. Oh, like, Ooh, wow. That's cool. Uh, so, so this whole kind of like feud on the material plane is is very much between like the reaper sending these horrors down trying to like lure the trickster out and take the trickster out um and the trickster just being like no nah, i don't i don't care about your stupid game about judging me one way or the other i'm gonna live on the material plane and i'm gonna have fun and my followers are gonna have fun and we don't give a shit um if you send us back here a million times it's fine sign me um, up so the gods aren't omnipotent they're just very powerful, so most people can go through their lives um, acknowledging their existence. Like they know it's real. It's not like a. Uh, there are certainly like stories and myths about them and everything, but there's enough like like the trickster just like has shown up places, has like gone places, and there is like uh, evidence of that. It's interesting too because it almost sounds like no one would really worship really the Reaper. People would just fear the Reaper. Yes. So like, be like live instead of like. Like it's like um, it's like this very like Old Testament God that's just like don't fuck up or you'll get the Reaper's vengeance. That's right. a, mm. a perfect way to describe it because oh. yeah yeah <laughs> no 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 the idea Thank you so much. Wow. the idea behind it is there's no like it's called listening comprehension <laughs> <laughs> because Jeez. the elder the elder is the one who created all of the people so there's no like 
ah, thank thank the benevolent Reaper for like saving us. It's and like creating us. It's like the Reaper is going to judge us. Let's do what our vengeful God wants us to do, so that we can go to heaven. Go join right. the elder. Yes, right. so that we don't get spun out into. Yeah, into, so that's like uh, so they're the they're very like operated by fear. They're very like kind of puritanical. Uh, whereas the tricksters' uh, followers are fun and chaotic, but because they are just these like powerful beings that, and because the kind of the, there's no real hell. Um, and in yeah, order I was to- just gonna say it sounds like there's no hell. It sounds mm. like hell is like the the trappings of hell might just be what uh, the Reaper would send to uh, yeah the mortal plane exactly. Mm-hmm. So. Um, in order for you to get like cast off into like the abyss or something, you have to essentially like directly oppose the Reaper or something like that. Like you have to be like one of his enemies essentially, or be a super, you know, I don't know, fucked up in like a monumental way. Um, so if you told the Reaper to eat your ass, would you get cast in the abyss or uh, if you or would you just go to Exodus? I think if in life you told the Reaper to eat your ass, Mm-hmm. You would probably just get sent back down if, while facing judgment, you said "eat my ass." Then he might just throw you away. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say like you said they're aren't, didn't you say they're not that omnipotent? So if you just said "eat my ass, Reaper," it's not like he would hear it. Correct. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. He would cool. need to have like an so like so you can say it a bunch. I so will. Characters will be testing this throughout the campaign. Yeah. By the way, <laughs> so you can you can like summon these like you can speak to these gods and stuff. It's almost like in Bohemia if somebody was on another plane and you wanted to like communicate with them. It's a little <laughs> harder, obviously, because they have like ways of blocking things and things like that and they're very powerful beings but i think the idea behind kind of the reaper judging you and everything is your soul arrives before him and he sees kind of the sum of the things you've done uh Mm. and decides from there so it's not a every little individual moment is analyzed and this dude knows what you did um it's not like santa claus rules he doesn't know okay everything you've done it's like it's almost like sleeping yeah and it's almost like it's almost like according to his moral code, not like an objective moral code. Right. Well, it's mm-hmm. it's cool. straight, it's a little bit like Theala, where their moral code is fucked up because they think they are the ones who need to administer it. And if you don't listen yeah. to it, you're wrong and you're bad. Mm-hmm. Their actual moral code, though, isn't like, be a bad person and kill people. You know what I mean? Yeah. So... Mm-hmm. You still, if you are like a good person, you can still be rewarded. You know what I mean? You don't have to like yeah. um, worship the reaper's feet and like go kill the tricksters people to ascend to heaven. You can still just be mm. a good person to be to he- go to heaven. But, um, you know, he's, he's also sending fucking plagues and shit uh, on the world, yeah. which is very bad. I really hope that my character gets to go to heaven. I think all my D&D characters have gone to heaven thus far. <laughs> <laughs> we are one for one, yeah. <laughs> two for two. Hungry Dave went to heaven. Oh, true. <laughs> oh, yeah. We had that We had that 20-minute sequence of me as Jesus Christ interacting with <laughs> I accept Hungry you Dave. as my savior. <laughs> and you, mine. Let's get some wine, dude. Nice <laughs> Jesus voice. <laughs> So thank you so much. I worked so hard. Really on good, it. really good guys. Um, so the these gods, they're not going to be because they are these like powerful beings who have kind of other things to do other than like meddle in the lives of every single individual person. You're not going to be as affected by them specifically. Like you guys are going to have like your own things in your own towns and everything. This more just kind of like inspires the world. Mm. So anyway, let's talk a little bit about kind of the society that you guys will be living in and everything. So you guys will be characters uh, living in a place called the Undermountain Empire. And it's called such because it is south of a mountain range that kind of protects it from invaders to the north. Um, The idea is kind of that there's like mountains that uh, kind of make like a almost like a pincer effect where it's like very, very difficult for them to get south. Mm -hmm. And uh, the empire at one time... uh, Uh, with separate cities and countries filled with sort of the various fantasy races that you would have seen in things like Lord of the Rings, like you've got your elves, your dwarves, your halflings, your orcs, etc. 
Uh, but after kind of many years of infighting as separate countries and everything, uh, they finally joined under one banner. And at this point, the empire has existed for hundreds of years, and many generations mm. of people have been living together. So it's rare to find someone who's kind of just, you know, just an elf or somebody who's just mm. an orc. Usually mm. it's people coming from very, from different backgrounds and lineages and everything. Cool. And likewise, the kind of quote unquote bad guy monsters. Uh, that you would meet in kind of a regular D&D campaign, you know, bad guys like lycanthropes or vampires or something, they can kind of swing either way. Um, most of the, the like horrors that are sent by the Reaper are mindless in a sense. They're very like, oh. they're monstrous. They're not as like calculating. Um, mm. The It's the humans that are calculating. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> We were the human bad guy. That's right. We're the monsters. We're the monsters. Um, So when the although monsters are good in this world, that's true. Yes. So there's a difference between kind of monsters and horrors. So a monster would be like a werewolf. Werewolves are are good. Go either way. You could be a nice werewolf. It's fine. Just cool guy. That's cool guy. Could be a cool guy. Could just be. (laughs) Could just be Randy the werewolf, and he's nice. Yeah. Hey, Randy. (laughs) Hey. Hey, how you doing? Oh, I s- smelled something out here. You cooking? You cooking in there? Yeah. You want me to throw a link on here for you, no, Randy? If you, could throw, if you could throw a whole row of links, I wouldn't mind. Oh, oh Randy. Randy, the cooler stocked. Help yourself. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll, call, I'll have one beer. Cracks it with a claw. Randy's so having two beers. Randy the werewolf who uses his werewolf powers to smell people barbecuing so that he can hover and be invited to the barbecue <laughs> is his move. Um, anyway, so um, when this empire first came together, there was an ambitious emperor uh, that attempted to turn it all into one great city spanning half the continent, like spanning the whole empire basically. Um, it's kind of inspired by uh, Ravnica, um, which is a and d and Magic the Gathering setting that's like, uh, the idea is like, this whole world is like one in- enormous city that uh, spans the entire length of the world. This does not get that far. This like didn't work out. The capital, uh, which is to the south, is extremely developed. But as you kind of go further north, um, the project fizzled out a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. Settlements uh, begin to get like further apart as you go north, and there are some like undeveloped areas. But overall, the entire empire is pretty um, well developed, and like e- everything has pretty much been discovered there, and everything. If you're to run into a like forest or something, it's because there's a curse there. <laughs> you know what I mean? There's no like uncharted <laughs> yeah. territories. It's like, mm, you can't go somewhere forest. because there's something, you know, stopping you from going there. So there's not as much uncharted territory as there is just like dangerous territory. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, although I will say this world is basically um, just the one continent for now. That's kind of all that's been discovered by humanoids. Um because uh, if you sail too far out, ships disappear. It's kind of rumored that the trickster has her secret grove out somewhere on like an island in the ocean. And um, fairies will like mix you up. Um, there are monsters in the sea, whether they were sent by the reaper, sent by the trickster. Uh, it's not really known because people usually don't come back. Um, okay. So uh, the reason the capital is at like the south end, though, uh, is because they can kind of have access to the ocean there, but without worries of being attacked by another like navy or something. Because a, they're an empire, so they control everything in the area. And b, if like one of the northern nations or something sent boats all the way wrapped around the continent, they would probably get destroyed by some oh, kind of right. fairy monster along the way. So they're kind of invincible. Or Randy, that way. if he's having a bad day. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and then also the capital down there, um, this like uh, port, this enormous port city to the south um, that is like the size of a country uh, also has access to like a couple nearby islands that they use for like mining and something. So they uh, kind of control the wealth. Uh, so uh, despite it not truly being one big city, the individual states of the empire are named like city neighborhoods. So there's um, there are like inner provinces and then uh the inner borough and then the outer borough, which is on kind of the north, which is uh, the maybe more of like kind of the boonies on uh, each state is run by a petty king or a petty queen. 
um, mm. kind of like a duke almost, um, that answers to the high queen of the capital. Uh, you guys will be starting in a small high town queen. called Thornkirk, uh, which is <gasps> an unimportant town. Uh, See, along... now I'm rethinking everything, because now I'm thinking I should be a petty queen, my character. Oh, dang, yeah. <laughs> you can't yeah. run the city. You can't run a country. I'll, I'll find a way to be petty. So Don't worry about it. Yeah. to be a petty queen. You can be a petty queen, but you can't be a petty capital I... Q queen. Yeah. <laughs> you can be a yes petty queen. Can I be a nasty little duke? You can, you can be a you can be a nasty little duke, as in this like a little piece of shit. This is the royalty campaign. Sure. <laughs> uh, but yes, uh, you guys will be starting a small town called Thorn Thornkirk, uh, which is an unimportant town uh, along the coast of an important river. Hey, no judgments. No judgments. So, uh, there's you know, unimportant to you may be important to us, though. Yes, it. it we'll as see. I am the petty queen of Thornkirk. There you, you <laughs> absolutely. Well, first off, this is just one town within like the entire like cu- this country. Uh, so there. So you're saying there's not a petty queen of Thornkirk. There so you're saying there's an is open not a petty queen of Thornkirk. All hell, aspire to <laughs> the petty queen of Thornkirk. You're you're being a petty queen right now. <laughs> Bow to her small mindedness. Uh, so you know what? Um, that's that's uh, pretty much what I think uh, I want to give everybody in episode zero. Um, why don't we uh, talk a little bit about the characters? Hey everybody, it's Emily here to talk to you about Mint Mobile. It's spring cleaning. We're getting rid of the things that don't serve us anymore, and you know what doesn't serve anyone? Expensive phone bills. If you'd like to declutter your finances, it's time to switch to Mint Mobile and get unlimited talk, text, and data for $15 a month. All plans come with high-speed data and unlimited talk and text delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. You can use your own phone and bring your phone number along with all your existing contacts. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash pawpaw. That's mintmobile.com slash pawpaw. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash P-A-W-P-A-W. $45 upfront payment minimum required, equivalent to $15 a month. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speeds slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Goodbye, sweeties. Hey there, Nadpoles. This episode is brought to you by Aura Frames. Are you looking for the perfect gift to celebrate the moms in your life? Well, look no further. Aura Frames are the beautiful Wi-Fi connected digital picture frames that allow you to share and display unlimited photos. It's super easy to upload and share photos via the Aura app. And if you're giving an Aura as a gift, you can even personalize the frame with preloaded photos and memories. My mom, my mother-in-law, and my grandmother-in-law all have auras from me and they love them. So from grandmothers to new mothers, aunts and even the friends in your life, every mom loves an aura frame named the best digital photo frame by Wirecutter and selected as one of Oprah's favorite things. Trademark, brother. Aura frames are guaranteed to bring joy to moms of all ages. They're easy to set up, they are the perfect gift, and they've got unlimited storage, unlimited photos and videos. You can invite as many people as you want to a frame. There are absolutely no hidden fees or subscriptions. How beautiful is that? And right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That is Aura, A-U-R-A, frames.com. Use the code PAWPAW at checkout to save terms and conditions apply. Thank you, everybody. Um, Emily, do you want to do you want to chat about your character? Ooh. Yes, I can. Uh, yes. My character's name is Fia Boginia. Um, <sighs> Fia is the witch on the edge of town. Uh, when she was a teenager, a traveling witch took her under, took Fia under her wing, and began to train her. But eight years ago, that witch disappeared. So now Fia lives in this missing witch's hut which uh, is actually just an abandoned, derailed locomotive from a failed railway just outside of Thornkirk. Oh my so God, she kind of like lives. 
lives in this abandoned rail car trying to teach herself magics without a mentor. Um, she lives there with a, a shelf full of magical spell books, which belonged to the previous tenant and her previous mentor. So they don't respect her. So they either mouth off to her or bite her whenever she tries to open them. Um, except for one book. She does have a spell book, um, which is her trusty spell book. Uh, it's an animated and nervous little tome uh, that follows her wherever she goes, kind of flying with its jacket. It's essentially we're flavoring the fine familiar spell to be a little book that flies oh and goes me. <laughs> you have a pet book? I have a pet book. I think his <laughs> name is going to be Bookvar. Because <laughs> I looked it up in Bulgarian, it means primer, and this is like my first spell book. And then in Croatian, it means uh, spelling book. Oh, so I wow. like the idea that spelling his book. name That's... could be Bookvar. Um, but it. me and Murph have gone back and forth a little bit, and he's a, definitely a nervous little uh, spell book who uh, just wants to. Just wants to be in a cool, dry place and safe. Uh, can we, <laughs> could we go back inside? Maybe find a nice, cool, dry place to rest our pages. <laughs> um. So yeah. So then, like, uh, technically, like, I'm like one. Uh, mechanically, I'm like one level cleric, one level wizard to kind of be like this hedge witch. Um. Because like you know, the idea is like this. Uh. This traveling witch taught me a little bit of magic before she disappeared. She was essentially training me, but then disappeared. So it's like, you know, she taught me like some minor illusion, illusions and some magics that I can like use to make a little coin. Obviously, anyone who visited the witch at the edge of town probably wouldn't be forthcoming with the fact that they did. Um, but she, I also know like a little bit of healing too, because any good hedge witch has to be well-rounded. Um, but I think that me and Merv talked about like, I since I'm kind of like a little bit of a a little bit of an outcast living on the edge of town practicing uh magic that would not be allowed by the reaper that I'm uh that I I would mostly use my healing on like uh different like werewolves and werefolk that uh are kind of like on the edge of town as well. Um so I definitely have when we we're talking about Randy, I definitely have like a uh like a werewolf friend that I have tea mouth. with. He burns Aww. his mouth on like the top of a sausage link. He can come up. Exactly. I was at a barbecue. I can, uh, I can put a uh, healing salve on it <laughs> mixed from herbs. Um, uh, but another thing is that the the witch that I was trying to mentor under who disappeared, uh, she had like an umbrella stand of swords because she was kind of, she was essentially a blade witch. Um, that's awesome. And so, like, Fia's kind of been, like, training with them on the side, um, using them to, uh, to because, like, the horrors will go after, like, the werefolk. So, you know, she'll, like, she's starting to, like, try to help protect them rather than just heal them. Um, and then in terms of what she looks like, here's what I'm picturing. She's uh, tall with, like, short crisp sword cut uh black hair and cr and sword cut baby bangs yeah. um i think she's got like the laced boots of a horror hunter um and she's got like an underbite of fangs that are actually like little vestigial tusks from some ancient lineage and then Ooh. we i technically i have chain mail because uh, i'm a a war priest so i have like uh better armor proficiencies but we're flavoring it as like i have um abjuration sigils tattooed on each palm that would like help protect me in battle um Damn. so yeah so i i think that like on like yeah on the palm uh so i think yeah i think like the 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 silhouette i picture for her is like is like she's got a sword strapped to her back she's got this little book flying over her shoulder and then she's got like a book belt with these two super unruly books like one that mouths off to her and then a bestiary that bites her every time she tries to open it um so that's kind of what i'm picturing you're a book lady i'm a book lady yeah i'm just like you know like it's hard to be a wizard and not just lean into the book aspect yeah dude. yeah i love it and also i love books so why you got, not like, feral books around you yeah that's what because me and murph talked about like the uh we talked about like oh what do we want to do for like wizards have to kind of like earn their spells a little bit and like doing gold doing gold to level like to get spells just feels kind of cumbersome so i was like well we're in this magical world the idea that like a spell 
book would have its own personality that you would have to like overcome to you know like that you would have to win over That's to so use fun. it and also like being self-taught it's like there's like an element of instability to all the magic mm. so yeah i like the i like wizardly magic being something uh being something kind of like that you have to like tame or something like that. I love that spell books are like the Pokemon of this world almost. Yeah. You have to like yeah. go out and catch them. It That's is so going to be really fun to like wherever we go to be like uh want to find the library, you know, or yeah. like if I like meet if I like find a magical book just like stalking it and hunting hunting it down and trying to like procure a spell from it. Are all books in this world sentient or just spell books? I think when we talked about it, it was kind of just like not all of them would be. Yeah, okay. I would say like some sp powerful spell books and stuff. And I think a lot of that stuff would be like the wizard who had it before um, brought it to life. And it makes it like easier to like, it, it's essentially like Siri. It's like, okay, you spell, ah, like, that's spell great. book that can read to you essentially. Um, yeah, I also like the idea that like a spell, like that a book full of spells would sort of take on its own personality or like totally. even like like the, the idea of like a bestiary that keeps biting me just like really felt quite satisfying. Yeah. 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 It's also, again, like kind of leaning into that Fae Wild stuff, there is a lot of power to like intention and things like that. So if a powerful wizard has a magical book, it is likely that it would have some kind of, you know, sentient uh vibes to it whether or not it was like quote unquote awakened yeah but like yeah. my copy of the da vinci code that my character has not <laughs> not sentient not sentient okay. not yet you know like maybe with time the story will be potent enough it to does bring talk it to life like nicholas cage um <laughs> <laughs> tom hanks or just Nicholas Cage? Oh, wait. What? No, I'm thinking of National Treasure. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, actually. Uh, I think that it's, I think that the, your Da Vinci Code book is inhabited by the spirit of National Treasure. <laughs> <laughs> yes. For some reason, uh, it is. That damn trickster. <laughs> uh, sweet. Uh, on that note, uh, why don't we learn a little bit uh, about Kogel's character? Ooh, yes, of course. Um, I'm going to be playing uh, Zerk Vervain, who um, is an artificer alchemist. Uh, is, is the class that I have chosen. Um, Zerk is a uh, an amateur uh, apothecary, a hopeful healer, uh, and a bit of a talented tinkerer as well. Um, Zerk has been kind of traveling around, uh, I guess, the, the outer borough, uh, looking for work, trying to, like, you know, um, spread his healing touch and also uh, find someone who will teach him because he's actually not much of a healer at this point. Um, if I needed to describe Zerk... Uh, I would say he's like um, inspired by a classical uh, elven figure, you know, uh, slender, um, but like slightly pointy ears. But I think the most uh, dominating feature of Zerk's uh, personality is that he's extremely tired. Um, <laughs> he looks maybe like uh, like if a, an elf from Rivendell like was in the library for a week studying for finals. I as, as we were talking about this character, I remember you saying... Uh, what if Geralt of Rivia didn't have any muscles? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I saw a guy like that in a movie the other night. I watched Van Helsing, and there's like the leader of the mob, because they're a mob at one point. Uh, the leader of the mob looks like that. <laughs> yeah, I am less than Helsing, is what we'll call my character. Um, so yeah, I think I have like slightly pointy ears that like droop down a little bit to indicate how tired I am. Uh, like. Big rings under my eyes, uh, and like I, I think I might wear some like small circular little glasses. Oh, I don't know if they're got, shaded or to. not. Maybe oh, I so magically cool. shaded them. Does, does Zerk have so like cute. trouble sleeping, or or do you just you know need a lot of sleep? And you can never get it. I think Zerk stays up late mm. working on on potions and tinkering with things. Um, so like uh, from a mechanical perspective, <gasps> he gets the nighttime zoomies. Absolutely, yeah. It's just like I had an idea to see it through, and like I'd already made. I already made a pot of coffee, so like I guess I'm just gonna drink it all. It feels wasteful <laughs> not to. Wow. Um, but like mechanically, uh, he only needs four hours of sleep because uh, you know I, I use like the, the elf stats. But I think in game, uh, he's just staying up late all the time, and he just only got tired. four hours of sleep. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I just need four, like four, three, two, and I'm fine. I'm good to go. You don't look good to go, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm set. I'm set, bud. Don't worry about me. <laughs> 
Uh, and yes, right <laughs> now, drinking salt. Uh, Zerk is working the very unglamorous job of being the apprentice to the doctor in uh, this small village, uh, mm. who also works as a coroner. Um, so you're a coroner's assistant. It's wow. very grim and very it's scary. Dipping, yeah. dipping from both pots. Like he's got, he's got a vested interest in killing you, right? If he's the doctor. I mean, it's just like oh, life yeah, and death. Oh yeah, that's true. The doctor shouldn't also be the coroner. <laughs> I mean, coroners are kind of doctors, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, technically they are. They are Especially medical professionals. In a- a small village or a less technological mm-hmm. or you know something where their population is smaller i think that the doctor yeah. and the coroner would be one in the same yeah oh, i guess funeral director that's the that's the job you shouldn't also yeah have. that's the job you shouldn't double up on i'm loving this logic that like somebody who works at a morgue or somebody who is a coroner just a funeral loves dead would. people loves dead people <laughs> and would just kill you just to have another body because they love them yeah, in a fantasy world, you never know. I mean, him. I think a big part of like Zerk uh, as like a healer and an alchemist is that, you know, he's working with like a limited understanding. So I think one of the initial pitches I had for this character was um, he's like a like frontier quack medicine doctor whose medicine and magic actually work. So I think that like being around corpses a lot would be good for Zerg because he's like, oh, wow, look at all that free bile. That's just like, that's free bile. I can just, that, that body's not using that bile. I'll just like scoop some of that bile. Please stop bile scooping the bile. goes into, wait, what would you do with the bile? You make some corpse medicine, you know. Uh, there's like a lot of leading <laughs> uh, scientists Zerg, say that you fired. can use I'm not fired fired a single fucking potion from you. <laughs> Oh, you're gonna you're gonna make a potion without yellow bile? <laughs> okay, oh, good luck. Good luck out there. Sick. <laughs> but yeah, I think that um, Zerk was hoping to learn a little more about like proper medicine, but uh, the ratio has been a lot more uh, coroner to actual doctor uh, <laughs> in his months uh, since working with this guy. Yeah. But yeah, that's that's Zerk. Oh, also, um, I do think he has. Uh, one of his weapons is a mace, which I've styled to just be um, a giant, like, brass pipe that he smokes Ooh. out of. Oh, nice. Oh, yeah. cool. So I was going to smoke a cigar. We are- I just, I just asked Murph today. I was like, what about a cigar? Oh, man. <laughs> We're going to get is along great. Is it like a great. tiny, like a, a small, like a short, thick cigar? Like a I was like, cigar, I was like, like, what if I'm really in- I wouldn't have them all the time. Yeah. It's just like, I like tea and I like cigars. I like they seem a like cigar. niceties. It's great, yeah. <laughs> This is going to be great. I can roll cigars for you using my alchemy. As long as there's no bile in them. There might be a little Just bile. a little bit to seal it. Uh, shall we Shall we move on to Jake's care? Okay. Share your chair. Uh, I will. Uh, Henry Hogfish. Uh, I've been describing him as the most medium man you've ever met. Uh, Henry is average in every way, unremarkable to a remarkable degree. Uh, five foot nine, one eighty, and he looks like he got. Uh, it looks like his last haircut was a was a buzz cut, but that he hadn't got it recently. So it's kind of just grown <laughs> in evenly all around. I feel, I feel you, Henry. Um, so Henry is he's just like a guy whose luck has run out uh, twice. He was like turned away from home at a young age, found a job on a ship, uh, prevented a mutiny by telling on everybody, and then was turned away from the ship. Uh, found a job. Uh, kind of as like a bargeman just doing cargo transports uh, and then fell in love with uh, the boss's rebellious daughter. They got married. Uh, I didn't clear this with Murph, but I'd like him to have a son if it's possible. <laughs> yeah, Whoa. sure, yeah. <laughs> All right, he has a son, uh, but then uh, he, his wife realized that she was out of his league. She left him, eloped with a, a more powerful, wealthy noble, left Henry, and he's been turned out for the second time. So... You you'll meet Henry uh, at his at his lower than low. <laughs> oh my Whoa. gosh! <laughs> I can't wait to help Henry. First things first, I'm gonna give him a haircut with my blade. <laughs> if I can give myself baby bangs, actually, I'm just gonna give you the same haircut I it's have. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> You're gonna have to let him grow out first. I'm trying okay. to I'm trying to decide if we should reveal Henry's extremely sad living situation. <laughs> Do you want to save it for the short res? I no, I th- I think we I think we could say it now because I I think this is all part of like the character stuff and stuff that like Henry knows and is not a secret and also it might be harder to kind of allude to at the time but um Henry is living with his ex-wife's cousin. 
I thought it was his ex-wife's third cousin. Yeah. Like, far enough that it could almost be an acquaintance. I don't know why we have to qualify. We, we got to qualify it by being third cousin. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But I met, I, we met him at the wedding and he's sort of like a black sheep at the family. He's the only person I know in town. So I'm living with him. Yeah. That is. Uh, and he is actually, uh, Jake, I don't know if you know, uh, are going to know this. He is the Baron in town. No, I did not yes. know that. Uh, wow. But very, very much like the idle rich, like kind of has lost control of the town and just does like hobbies and is just like kind of a fucking weirdo. And I'm just living, <laughs> I'm like living in his pool house. Cousin, cousin, come here quick. I want yeah, to wrestle. I, I'm not technically your cousin anymore, actually. So <laughs> yeah, just the guy that lives here. <laughs> The marriage was annulled. <laughs> oh yeah, that was one thing we specified was that her, uh, his ex-wife's new husband is so powerful that he got the marriage annulled, even though they were married for like <laughs> it's eight like years. It never happened. <laughs> I'm not. It's, I'm not a divorcee. I'm a never wed. <laughs> like the, it's hard to do that in this world, I imagine. Yeah. Or an unwed. <laughs> an unwed. Henry Hogfish, the unwed. The Stricken unwed. from the timeline. <laughs> um, Jake, I do just want to point out that on my notes for my character, I had written down 5'9 as well, but Whoa. I would like to ask Murph if I can make an official amendment and be 5'10. <laughs> yeah, yes. That's absolutely fair. Right. I'd like to be 5'11. Wow, okay. <laughs> oh, and then, yeah, then I should specify as well that I have, um, I'm only 35, but I've got like, I'm going gray. We got like salt and pepper up <laughs> in the buzz cut. That Henry's, almost sounds um, cool. I think that works though. Yeah. <laughs> I also, I don't know if I said that I, think I was an Fia's echo trying to earn her grays oh yeah mm. uh yes uh henry is an echo knight um Ooh, which right. we that? have we have reflavored for the so an echo knight um is a subclass of fighter jake is playing a fighter again which <laughs> hey everybody it, it will feel it will feel very it will feel very different um but an echo knight is a subclass of fighter where you get an echo, which is basically a copy of yourself that you can use a bonus action to summon, and then you could switch places with your echo as you get higher level. You can make attacks with your echo as you get higher. Um, it's a very fun dynamic. And for this campaign, for the flavor of this campaign, we are making Jake's echo uh, his shadow. So mm -hmm. Henry has a... You guys are only going to be starting at level two, so you haven't gotten your subclass bonuses, but Henry's <laughs> shadow has been acting a little funky lately. Yeah, the latest, Whoa. the latest ill luck to befall Mr. Hogfish. <laughs> oh, I, <laughs> I can't don't even fucking get along with my shadow. <laughs> Is this like Peter Pan style, where it's like kind of like you know sassing you while you're not looking? It is a little sassy for sure. Sassy mm. shadow. Mm. Mm. My Jake, sassy how does shadow. it feel to be the shortest member of the party? Um, I'm sure that I'll find some kind of magic item that makes me six foot two. Henry instantly dies and has to be reincarnated. Yeah. I've been texting Murph on the side ever since uh, Emily said she was 5'11". <laughs> the only person who um, uh, exists from Bohemia in this world is actually Yugo, so you could borrow his heels uh, <laughs> when he premieres That's the magic item two. you find? <laughs> I find this little guy. <laughs> it makes you a shapeshifter, but only for height. Hugo style. I'm just imagining the thousand comments the episode would get if, if we just put out episode one with Amir Blumenfeld. <laughs> That's right. We listen to the fans. He's a permanent party member we now. We listen to the fans and everyone is dead and we have to start over. New world, baby. <laughs> Every episode it's, would be like a one shot because we would die every single episode. Yeah. <laughs> Betrayed in a new and fun way. The time loop. We keep remembering you go. Um, <laughs> sweet, everybody. Um, I think that's all uh, for this week. Uh, we will be talking more about all this stuff over on the short rest. We'll get into the nitty gritty a little bit and talk a little bit more about our stats and yeah. about kind of... Um, the builds we're expecting to do and everything, and and that'll be kind of the more uh, game-focused uh, uh, aspect of episode zero. So you can head on over to patreon.com slash nadpod. That's N-A-D-D-P-O-D. Don't sing yet. <gasps> to check that out. Um, in the meantime, does anybody have anything to plug? Um, I would love to shout some things out from our P.O. box, if y'all don't mind. Yeah, I'd love it if he did. Very cool. Um, first and foremost, I want to give a huge shout out to uh, Brooke B. 
uh, a, a NADPOD, a very talented NADPOD fan artist who sent us copies of the one big zine NADPOD fanzine. Oh, yeah. Oh, gosh. It, it. Was, oh, so it was so awesome. I, it was so it's gorgeous. so incredible. I, just, I finally looked through it um, last night. Um, yeah, it's incredibly cool. And what's even cooler is that uh, thanks to the zine, they've raised uh, $1,200 for two amazing charities. One is uh, For the Quarrels, a rent and gender affirming surgery fund. And the other is cool. uh, Know Your Rights Camp. Big thanks to at Bruce Gieb, uh, at KL Star, that's Kestrel, uh, and at Sam Canyon, Sam underscore Canyon, for putting this book together. And yes, if you uh, buy the book, I believe the proceeds will go to one of those charities as well. That's um, really so yeah. awesome. Yeah, check out the NADPOD zine. Highly, highly, highly recommend it. Even uh, beyond just being for a good cause, the art... Um, is truly amazing. I thought as I as I went through it, I was like, surely I've probably seen all these things, and I had not. Mm -mm. There's some truly incredible pieces that have not been posted online, uh, to my knowledge. Um, and they were man, it's incredible. Y'all did an amazing job. Thank yeah. you all so much. It is sumptuous. Um, I also like <laughs> to shout out. Austin B., uh, who works at Pop Sockets, and sent us a bunch of custom sockets with our characters and logo on them. Oh, Hell super cool. Yeah. Um, Y'all might not believe this about me, but I um, drop my phone a lot. Impossible. <laughs> Unbelievable. Impossible. No way. Uh huh. Uh, my real life dexterity store is not very good. Um, I drop my phone a lot, so this is very helpful for me. Um, Spillboy drops his phone. Spillboy. <laughs> we actually, this is, this is very short first. rest territory, but. Um, Caldwell uh, made a cake for his oh god uh, for his wife and had <laughs> don't to do... blast me in the main I'm gonna, feed, I'm dude. gonna blast you in the main feed, dude. Uh, the main and you feed. had I to do, do this. You had to do like a complicated roll. It's a and chocolate I, Swiss roll. And when cake, I heard yeah. about it, I laughed and I said he wouldn't be able to do it. And you were like, "Fuck you, dude! Why do you think I can't do it?" And I was like, "Those are Good. so hard to make." And I, I said, "That's a good point. We'll have to see if Art Caldwell." Or Spillboy Caldwell uh, <laughs> applies to baking. Because it could be either. Because it is mm -hmm. artistic. So it is like, does Caldwell, who can make these fantastic Attention pieces of art, come detail. through? Or mm -hmm. does um, the dude who... Spills coffee all over our duffel bag when we're trying to transport yeah, shirts exactly. for a live show. <laughs> that Caldwell. I forgot about that one. <laughs> Glad I could remind you. So tune into the short rest to hear if I succeeded in making the cake. You've got to live not. stream it. You have to live stream that. <laughs> uh, Brian C. sent us a bunch of nice postcards. Hope sent us some lovely Thank notes. You. Best of luck to your halfling Tempest cleric in their campaign, Hope. Uh, love a Tempest cleric. Yeah. Command the storm. Megan sent Emily some rose gold D20 earrings. Thank you very much. Very fancy. Jealous. Uh, Catherine W. sent us some character sketches of the band of boobs and a very nice note. We are so, so glad we could help you through tough times, Catherine. It truly warms our heart. And thank you so much for those drawings. Uh, Nicole T. sent us a rainbow cross stitch of quotes from the show. It is stellar. I think we have enough like cross stitches to make an entire cross stitch wall. I love all the cross I stitches know. that we get. And we should. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, this, you know what? It'll be like a full room and there will be like a cross stitch bed and a cross stitch couch in there. Ooh. And you'll honestly be a little confused when you enter. <laughs> <laughs> um, and that's all the shout outs I have for this week. I've got plenty more coming up in the weeks to come though. Uh, if you would like to send us something, you can do it at 1920 Hillhurst Avenue, number 222, Los Feliz, California, 90027. Uh, Jake, you have anything else? Yeah. I want to plug, uh, our merch store because we've got a couple yeah. new drops in there. Um, some major new drops. Drops, actually we just reordered uh gray and blue moonstone uh crew neck sweatshirts we've got the bon frere tank in there we still got some inventory uh our hot boy summer poster i don't know if we've ever even talked about it on oh, yeah. the show but the hot boy summer poster is beautiful um a bahumia all over sigil tea and an all over dice pattern tea uh not to mention the newest glade <gasps> home university sweatshirt and hoodie oh, um, looks so good looks like a it's real so cozy. college sweatshirt very collegiate fall is here check them out <laughs> if um, you wear it people will be like wow is that like near oxford is that yeah. a real good university <laughs> we should that do you a collegiate to? starter set that's the glade home uh that's the glade home uh sweatshirt but then the bon frere shot glass <laughs> wow and an iron deep high t-shirt uh, yeah I, I got bullied at iron deep high 
<laughs> I got bullied into not reading at Iron Deep High. And all I and all I have to show for it is these awesome quads. <laughs> <laughs> and everything worked out because I made great friends along the way. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, you can uh, follow us all on Twitter. Uh, you know, I'm not I'm not tweeting much these days, but you can follow us all on Twitter at chmurf is me. Addy Axford is Emily, at Jake Kerwitz is Jake, and at Caldy is Caldy. And you can tweet about the show using hashtag NADPOD. That's N-A-D-D-P-O-D. We, we are, are, we are, are the youth of a nation. We are, we are, the youth of It's the end of the show, everybody, and that means we need to shout out our benevolent Council of Elders. Benevolent ye be! Starting with Brad D., Jeffrey S., Haldor Frostback, Steelbreaker, Matt M., and Jordan DJ. Sprite pranksters who like to lure unsuspecting peasants into fairy groves and then tabletop them. And even though the prank causes the peasants to plane shift to a reality where their loved ones never existed, they all agree that it was a pretty epic prank. And of course, we've got Cutter W, Jive G, Zolo Dolo, Dylan B, and Schubert the Mushroom, a group of soldiers known as the Thornkirk Mercs. They pride themselves on being affordable, and their motto is, when it comes to king, the pettier, the bettier. Danielle the Dastardly Dame, Andrew M, Beardman Dan, and Scott D, the Reaper's team of judges who help them come up with punishments for cursed souls. Currently, they're trying to decide whether to transform a thief into a sentient pile of severed hands, or just make him a skeleton and call it a day. Danny P, Elena C, mixologist Michael McD, and Balnor's boy, book hunters who travel the world of Eldermorn in search of rare spell books and tomes. They're basically Van Helsing, but with cardigans and librarian glasses. Andrew B, Justin I, TJM the Gnome Barbarian, Elena M, and Trele the Crayfe, a group of star spawn that live on an island made entirely yeah. of worms. Will our heroes ever discover this paradise amongst the waves? They the will. answer, of course, is yes. Literally the <laughs> second they get their hands on a boat. I didn't write that one. <laughs> Jared E, Christopher B, Austin Bonesaw, MR, Damiel R, and Jordan L. Alchemical scholars whose bold but slightly outdated theories inspired Zerk to pursue the healing arts. Thanks to them, Zerk now knows that diseases are caused by tiny invisible goblins taking baths in your blood. Knowledge truly is power. Cyborg version of Josh the Kobold, Gage M, Skokilla, Destin C, and Richard X Machina. Northern folk who live above the massive mountain that divides the continent. Hope things are going well up there and if not we'll see you in 50 episodes or so i'm sure michael l kelvin noodles sergio salazar salomon Zacharias de sequani trust the traveler and jory s the eldermorn pr team that specifically gave murph copy about the fairies but not about the horrors currently drafting a sternly worded scroll Dana G, Calamel, Ryan, Jack L, and Flawless Whale, makers of the Reaper Keeper, the best way to store and organize your list of souls and the net worth of their deeds. Temporal, Sam L, Nicholas C, Reese NS, Samuel B, and Mike H, the crew of sailors that gave Henry the last name Hogfish. They meant it to be an insult, but when he embraced it and changed all his paperwork to reflect it, they kind of respected his commitment. Matthew E, Colton B, Adam G, Mateo C, and Eric B, a family of werewolves who use magic to disguise the scent of their barbecues so Randy doesn't come over and hog the ribs. Get out of here, Randy. Panama James, Adrian the Halfling Bard, John H. N., anime, intellect, and Dan, the candle makers who make a collection called The Sense of Eldermorn. So far, it's just brimstone and wet grass, but they're hoping one of the new characters is into baking because they'd love some homier scents to work with. Nikki W., Grace G., Drew Nasty, Cece Lulu, and Jay, a pantheon of minor deities that will vengefully haunt Eldermorn to punish Murph for forgetting to include them. Barnesinator, Douglas A., Michelle O., Luke H., Aiden R.H., and Ritterin, an HR company that runs team-building retreats for horrors. So far, the horrors have mostly ignored the obstacle course and bonded over consuming the souls of the people who work there, but hey, that still counts as teamwork. Timmy R, Lucas B, Aaron S, Kevin M, and Austin C, Henry Hogfish's intramural basketball team. They've had a standout season for such a normal, average team, stacking their record to a staggering 6-5. and five. 
Devin W., New York, Stephen C., and KJ, animated books in Fia's library. They are tomes of lurid fanfiction, so they are quite sassy. Raul N., Mike K., Maxwell C., Nick L., and Karen T., traveling merchants who stole Zerk's patented bile potion recipe and plan to mass produce it. Unfortunately for everyone involved, it is incredibly toxic. Ekathor666, Justin Raccoon, Nick W., Michael C., and Robert F., super chill Reaper youth pastures. They are currently trying to rebrand the Reaper as more of a heavy metal mascot than a vengeful god gone mad, although honestly, the latter is pretty metal too. Esme M, Nathan, Casimir the All-Knowing, Big Bad Beardo the Mad, and Eric McDee, the petty kings and queens of Eldermorn, not because they have any actual power, just because they're so petty it deserves a title. Burly T, Axel A, The Red Rain, Christian A and J Dragonborn, the other siblings of the other gods, but they're kind of just chill and don't get involved with the family drama. Everyone is cool with them. Jonathan O, the Sandrian, Grant, Ben A, Feldonis, and Dave H, mischievous leprechauns who steal your shoes, but just so they can fix them. Aww. A pot of gold? More like a heart of gold. Catherine S, David K, Christian S, Keith K, and Brittany B, a bunch of sprites who are experiencing some crazy mood swings. The colors are changing rapidly, and honestly, it's kind of psychedelic, so they might be doing it on purpose. Hannah W, Kyle H, Emilio D, Frankie Koala, and Big Bad John, some of the trickster's most devout followers, they line the pews in their church with whoopee cushions and just go to town on them during the hymnals. Aston S, Blair, the Bug Blair, Barbarian, Pork Chop, Channel M, and Depressed Demon Hunter, proprietors of the Under Mountain Tavern. Unlike the city, though, this tavern is actually under the mountain. You have to spelunk to get there, and there's a crisp pilsner that's totally worth it. Alice, Minette F, Pat L, Lauren H, and Janina E run a used spellbook store, which in Eldermorn is kind of like an animal rescue. The books are all so cute. None of them are bad, but some of them had bad owners and need to go to a patient home. Maddie Y, the eldest Barry, Ryan S, and the Bone Duster, a bunch of werewolves who just crashed their neighbor's kid's graduation BBQ and pretty quickly tapped the keg and polished off the potato salad. Not cool, guys. Joshua H, Robit, CRSP, Idrisil, Matthew K, and Brantley C, the Reaper's peepers. Since the Reaper isn't <laughs> um, omnipotent, he hired some folks to keep tabs on the populace, but so far the peepers have been too cool to tell on anyone. Damar B, Micah B, Carly Ann, Clark of the Thunderfucks, <laughs> and Jorge C, a bunch of spurned lovers who returned as vengeful banshees, but then kind of just formed this tight-knit friend group and totally forgot that they were wrong. That's growth, baby. Oh, yeah. That's all for this week, everybody. Thank you so much to all of our listeners and all of our Patreon subscribers and, of course, our benevolent Council of Elders. Benevolent. Oh, yeah. Uh, you can head on over to our Patreon and listen to our after show. That's patreon.com slash nadpod. Until then, we'll catch you all next time. Bye, sweeties. That was a HeadGum Podcast. <laughs>